Star Tribune's Prep Sports Podcast has been brought to you by France and Bank and Trust. Hey, thanks for joining us. Jim Paulson and David Levesque here with a post-Winter State Tournament wrap-up for Talking Preps. I appreciate you joining us in the aftermath of a wild and crazy three or four-week stretch we had there where we condensed, I don't know, was it nine, ten state tournaments down in about four weeks? That was, uh, it was pretty, uh, pretty fast and furious, Dave, don't you think? It was, and I'll just, I know some of the sentiment that I heard with hockey was, you know, this year we had the girls championship games for single A and double A were played on Saturday afternoon and the boys single A and double A were played in the, in the evening. And there was talk of, wow, wouldn't this be great to do it again like this from now on? The answer, no, <laughs> yeah. not be for, for several reasons. And first and foremost, on a normal situation, the girls start weeks before the boys. And so, you know, it's, it's not going to logistically work out to do it that way. And uh, which thank goodness. Cause I, I mean, some people, if you could sit at home and, and watch, sit back and watch a bunch of games, like it was the day after Thanksgiving or something great. But, you know, I, I just think it, I don't know. I just, I wouldn't want to do it that way. And, and I don't think you can because normally those seasons would start late and I'm glad for that. Well, I agree with you, and I also believe that each state tournament, particularly the ones that are televised, uh, each each sport deserves the spotlight. And this way, that's, that's another good point. Yeah, it's hard to give every every uh, sport uh, the spotlight when you're balancing four sports going on at one time in the last two weeks with hockey and basketball. I, I didn't think that was that's really fair. So I would hope the high school league resists that temptation and we go back to the way things were because, again, you don't want one sport to get lost in the shuffle because another one's a higher profile sport. It already right. happens with some of the minor sports we have. Um, and this way, you don't want to, you don't want to do that for the, uh, the big sports, the, the, the biggies, the ones that draw people. Speaking I of- can relate, you know, uh, being the, the minor player in this podcast to Jim Paulson, I can relate. It's tough not having that spotlight. Oh, yeah, minor player. This is Dave, minor player. That's going to get your teacher. The Dave Levake, Star Tribune, minor player. Um, but I'm giving you the spotlight right here since we're talking about what's big and what's not. The hockey tournament is always the big dog. Um, mm-hmm. We were talking about some things to, to look back on at the state hockey tournament. Dave, give me your day idea since you were covering uh, both boys and girls. What were some of your favorite moments from the state hockey tournament this past year? Um, you know, they, they involved, certainly there's things that happened on the ice, but, but some of that turned into one of the, you know, first of all, you laid out some parameters, which I thought were good ones, favorite moments, biggest surprises, and then things that, that the fan, the viewer might've missed or, or something that deserved more attention. So when I, when I talked about the favorite moments, they, they weren't, they weren't really on ice, they were off ice because they were. They were unique uh, in the in sense we, we were fortunate to stay downtown St. Paul during the boys and girls hockey tournaments, the semifinals and finals portion. And you would occasionally be able to catch teams as they were uh, getting on the bus or getting off the bus and at the hotels down on West 7th. Uh, the media was not allowed to talk to people on site at the Excel Energy Center or any of the state tournament venues for that matter. So when you got the opportunity to talk to people in person out on the street or in the lobby, uh, that was, those are always my favorite moments because it was a, it was professionally a relief and B because those are little moments that are all to yourself. You know, it's like the difference between going out on new year's Eve and being part of the crowd and, 
going out on a Saturday in April when you own the joint, you know? So those, those are my favorite moments. Just, just kind of a little, cause everybody I think felt normalcy, you know, even though it wasn't, uh, it, it was closer and, and that was nice. And so whether it was Laverne girls, whether it was Dodge County or little falls boys, the Thiefer falls, um, uh, uh, boys to, excuse me. I said, I wrote down Thiefer falls in reality it was East Grand Forks. My apologies. East side. Um, you know, talking to those folks. And then after the state championship game was concluded Saturday night in the double a, uh, Eden Prairie getting off the bus. That was that right there was probably the favorite moment because that was the only time I'd seen a team come off the bus. They got the trophy. It's a little pandemonium on a sidewalk. Some of their good friends come in and can celebrate with them in that environment. And, and that was fun. That was, it was cool to see that. You know, how about, uh, um, underappreciated or unappreciated moments, things that, that you saw or things that you noticed that maybe didn't get the play that uh, um, should, they should have or that you wish that they would have? Yeah, well, I can't speak for the television coverage because I'm not consuming it. I'm, I'm with there. I'm there doing the game with them. So I don't know if they got into this at all. But in a championship, um, Carter Batchelder, the, the great forward from Eden Prairie, he took a – he was blocking a shot, and he actually um, – suffered a, a I think it was a fracture let me I apologize I should have that text message up with that specific information here yeah I, I do things in the championship game yeah did they talk about it oh well, I think they caught they caught him in the aftermath I don't think that they were aware of it until play had stopped and then the camera panned back and showed him being yeah. and getting but I thought he had a concussion because he was kind of wobbly and woozy as he was coming off the ice Oh, that was a slightly cracked bone in his thumb, says his coach. And then he had to stop taking face-offs because of it. But he, but he, you know, I don't, I don't think he missed more than one shift. And he was back out there, and and he, you know, played well and gutted it out. So, uh, I think Carter Batchelder, you know, we saw him score the hat trick the night before, including the overtime winner to beat Maple Grove, and what was probably the game signature, or the tournament signature game, and. I know that's strange considering that the overtime or the, the championship game went to double overtime, but I Maple Grove Eden Prairie, I thought had a great deal more excitement and a great deal more back and forth. And to me, that's the signature game. And he had the hat trick, the overtime winner in that one, he played well in the championship game. So I think just his, his willingness, it's not, you know, a lot of these sports come down to who can make it go the best when they're not feeling the best. I mean, all throughout sports. I mean, you talk about gymnastics, the best gymnasts, a lot of time are the ones that could survive the, the grind on their bodies, you know I mean? Mm -hmm. and, and Carter answered that bell and, and uh, I couldn't, didn't have time to write much about it, but, but he, he gutted that thing out and that was important to them winning. You know, that's kind of a, uh, um, uh, in a nutshell, what we look at hockey players as being, you know, they, they are tough kids, tough guys. They go out, they get hit in the face, they get stitched up, they go back out and play. You know, they, they lose teeth, they, they you know, get black eyes, things like that happen to hockey players all the time. And it happens an awful lot. I mean, they're playing on ice with skates, pucks, sticks, and boards. It's not a surprise that there's an awful lot of bruising and, and a lot of battering these guys take. And that <laughs> kind of falls right into the image you have of hockey players. You know, stitch it up, put me back out on the ice. Well, I can actually relate to this because I was playing, you know, Sunday night pickup hockey, but I, and it's no check. And because I'm an idiot, I ended up getting into a collision and I broke a bone <laughs> in my thumb. Actually, <laughs> I had never experienced a broken bone in my life before. And I, 
I knew I'd hurt myself, but I thought, all right, I'll just get back out there and give it a go because this is hockey. And as you just said about the culture, this is what you do. You get back out there. And I would squeeze the stick and it felt like lightning was running through my arm. And I was like, oh, this is, this is not good. And so I, I ended my night early. And, and, and so I'm thinking to myself, this, this kid's going out there and he's playing in a championship game where there is contact and, and he's having to battle and scrap. And so I, I can appreciate even more what he must have been feeling because that's not a fun thing to be gripping a stick when you got a broken bone in your thumb. You don't think things like that are that big of a deal until you actually have them and you realize that, hey, they're not faking. You hear about athletes having turf toe or something like that. You're like, why can't they play through it? And then you, something like that happens and you're like, well, I, I see why. So yeah. um, did you have any real um, big surprise in your Oh, stick? yeah. yeah. What would I mean, that be? Started with the girls' single-A championship game. You know, you figure – you know, I know that, that Northern Minnesota was, was the leader in all things hockey for, you know, many, many years in the boys tournament. But, you know, since then, you're not really sure. All right. How's that great Grand Rapids team going to do? How's that? Whatever. So when Proctor Hermantown girls get into it with Gentry Academy, which is a, a metro area school that draws from, you know, various parts of the metro and and uh you think all right well how's this you know this is just going to be another bloodshed thing where gentry rolls and and hermantown takes them to overtime and then beats them and i was sitting in the hotel watching that game heather rule was covering it for us over at the excel and i smacked my hand on the bed and i was like oh my god like they they, they won that's i was not i did not I no disrespect intended to proctor hermantown but you just I just feel like that that the northern Minnesota is is perpetually an underdog, you know, in the in the sport that they once owned. So that was a big surprise to see them. And then in single A boys, um, it was a surprise to see uh, Dodge County uh, getting to the championship game and and uh, Brody Lamb having they finished the tournament with ten goals. You know, we hadn't had someone with ten goals since John Masich in 1951. Um, <laughs> since then, we had never had a double-digit goal score. Even the great Dave Spihar, when he had all I was going to bring Spihar's name up. Yeah. yeah, he topped out at nine in a tournament in in a get one given tournament. So Brody Lamb did something we haven't seen in all those years, which was a wonderful surprise. And uh, yeah, so between you know his work and and the. Uh, the, the girls from Proctor Hermantown that that brought the charm and the wow factor to the tournament. And the thing about Brody Lamb that you liked is the fact that here's a kid from what we look at as being um, smaller town Minnesota. Let's not fool ourselves. I mean, Dodge County is Cass and Manorville, which is a, a a very prominent kind of I guess you'd call it kind of a suburban school to Rochester, but it has good sports and good athletes. But you don't think of kids from coming from those places to play for the University of Minnesota, where Lamb is going to go. I mean, Jackson Nelson was a Laverne kid playing for the Gophers. And, and so it's nice to see kids from places that aren't traditional hockey powers uh, producing at a high level. So Yeah, I agree. I think this is, you talk about the state of hockey. You, you need to, Edina is going to be Edina, Grand Rapids going to be Grand Rapids. But you need the Lavernes to step up and break through the Dodge counties. Uh, these are important milestones in the history of the whole event and, and, and gives kids in those areas a reason to keep driving because you can get there from here. And, and so I thought everything about Dodge County as a team, what they represented and, and everything that Brody Lamb did uh, was just wonderful for the tournament. You know, and it also is a, a, a vindication of having two class hockey, which some people still 
lament, but I've always said having two classes of hockey is what keeps hockey alive in many places of the state where it may not be thriving, at least at the high school level anymore, because, you know, hockey is a sport that takes a lot of money, takes a lot of development, takes a lot of time. And if you're in a small town and you don't have any chance of even making the state tournament, what's the point? And now that you, the, it, it's, it's an old argument, but one that always needs to be brought up, I thought class A hockey is very viable and, uh, and very necessary if you want to keep hockey alive in the state of Minnesota, at least at the high so- Every four to five years, Jim Paulson writes that story for our tournament preview. Is it is it 2022, one of those years again? Are we up for the latest version of that? Well, and every new generation. You know, I saw uh, a column in our paper by one of our venerable columnists in a couple of comments were talking about how the tournaments have been ruined by multiple classes. And I thought, well, if people are still thinking that, it's still a very good point that needs to be brought up. Um, Everybody loves to uh, be romantic about how the way things used to be, but that's not the way things are these days. And so I, I just feel it's good to reiterate that once in a while. I look forward right to the next version of it. I look <laughs> <laughs> every, every three, four years you come through. I look for I mean, maybe 2022 is the year to do it again. I'll be, yeah. I'll be reading uh, anxiously. Yeah. Um, anything else that any reflections on the state tournaments that you want to bring up? Well, I'll just segue into your piece of the world. You talk about biggest surprises. Holy cow, somebody took down the Hopkins machine. Yeah, yeah, they did. That was going to be my biggest surprise. Thanks you for usurping my, my point of view there. I appreciate oh, it. <laughs> Stevie Don't Wonder saw that coming. Come on. Yeah, that, that was, I think, an entire turn. Can you really call a team that wins the state championship undefeated a surprise? That's the thing that makes it so amazing to me. Chaska went on to win the state tournament in girls basketball, deservedly, and they finished undefeated. But the fact that they beat Hopkins was considered by, in, I think it was ESPNW, the number one girls basketball team in the nation uh, to hand them their first loss in 78, after 78 straight um, without loss is, uh, was pretty amazing. I don't think anybody saw Chaska doing that except the Chaska people. But frankly, they did it without... Uh, it wasn't a fluke by any means. It wasn't, they didn't shoot the lights out. They didn't um, you know, make lucky shots. They, they just outplayed Hopkins that night. They attacked and they knew how to approach the Hopkins, uh, the Hopkins team and the team that could put a point so quickly. They didn't let Hopkins get more than one look at the basket oftentimes. And they took it right at the Hopkins defense and, and forced Hopkins to react and Hopkins didn't react. I don't think they've been uh, hit like that all season long. Um, well, the the kind of the Chaska faithful, you know. Well, well, well. What do you mean? Blah blah blah. It wasn't an upset. We know we're good. No, you are good. You are good. You deserve to be there. You deserve to win. It was also an upset. All right. It was. It was absolutely an <laughs> so, upset. So let's just let's just pump the tires on the disrespect card. All right. It was an upset, and and you earned it, and good for you. And I'm glad. And I'm just really glad they finished it. My God, what if they would have <laughs> made in the championship game? You know. But that I'm was, glad, uh, I'm, glad, yeah. I'm, I'm, you know, it was, it was exciting that they got the win. I'm glad they finished it. And uh, yeah, what a, what a surprise. That was uh, the Kaylee Van Epps, the uh, uh, Chaska guard, the, their team leader, the heart and soul of that team said that her dad told her after the game, you know, now you've, you've uh, beat the big bear. Now you've got to go out and finish it. Kind of reminded him of the miracle team in 1980. They beat the, uh, the Russians. They still had a championship game to go, and I think everybody that watched that back in 1980, including me, was uh, on edge that they were going to blow it, that they're going to have spent all their energy beating the Russians and not beat Finland. And I know that Chaska people were worried about that. And Rosemont went and gave them a much better, a tougher battle than I think anybody expected. 
but Chaska found a way to finish it out in a very exciting game, by the way. That was a that was a that was a fun game as well, where he got a backdoor pass um, to Kaylee Van Epps with about five seconds to go for the game-winning basket. That was uh, uh, not quite as entertaining because it was more of a defensive back and forth kind of a struggle. But to win on a last-second basket or on an overtime goal is always an outcome that's fun to watch. Yeah, I agree. Looking at some of the other things, the underappreciated, one of the most under, can a number one team in the nation be considered underappreciated? I'm, I'm looking at wrestling to talk a little grappling. Um, Simley wrestling had perhaps their best team. That's a, that's a wrestling team that uh, has a wrestling program. That's been good forever. Um, even their coach, Will Short said he thought this is the best team they'd ever had. And he talked about, it should be the uh, number one team in the nation. And they were the no. high public school in the nation. Um, no, about they're, not even years. The four, they're not even the highest level champ in their own state. Let's start well, there. No, well, they, I think that they, they beat the highest level champ on their, in their own state in the uh, head to head earlier in the season. Um, it's just a matter of uh, the size of the school. It's like saying, would Minnehaha Academy have been a class, uh, class 4A boys basketball champions because they did beat Wise Edit in the regular season? That's uh, the same thing here. I mean, they had Simley was. But 29 and all, they had 12 wrestlers in the uh, the individuals. Six of them won state champions. Three of them were uh, undefeated. This is as good a team as you'll ever see in, in wrestling. We talked a lot about Apple Valley about 10 years ago when they won a mythical national championship down in Rochester at the Clash. Um, this is um, this is a, a similar team. There's, there's been very few teams as stacked. As, as certainly so i i do have to say i agree with them the, the fact that wrestling is such an individual sport uh, played on a team level any team can any school any program can have good wrestlers to have the amount of good wrestlers that simley had i, I think that that is underappreciated team Maybe they are. Here, here's my problem okay. right with with this whole thing okay there is a different a uh, different pressure a different grind you talked about beating was it shakopee that yeah. simply beat Shakopee. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's a one-off earlier in the season. <clears throat> Excuse me, there's a different grind in a end-of-the-year tournament setting, a different pressure, a different expectation, a different focus, a different everything. And St. Thomas Hockey has found that out the hard way. They used to run rough shit over single A until they got to Hermantown. It's a little different animal when you have – even your quarterfinal game, which historically aren't all that competitive, it's still a bit more of a grind than a single A quarterfinal. Then you have the semifinal, which is going to be a dogfight because of seeding. And then you might, if you get through that, you have another final to play in, in three days' time. Single A has a day rest in between traditionally. Um, everyone is up for that tournament. Everyone's, you know, you, you've been through it. You might be a little more battered. We mentioned Carter Batchelder. Things happen. So it's a different grind at the end of the year. And until you've gone through that, you, whether you're mini haha basketball or you're or simply wrestling, it's not the same. And I, and, and I, it's not that I'm trying to tear down those programs or those, what I'm trying to say my appreciation for three, a wrestling for a basketball, they are going through and, and they are besting a much more difficult situation. And the, to me, that's the difference. I can understand what you're saying. And, you know, simply did, win the state championship match 68 to six and they beat uh uh Dassel McCoolcato Litchfield and, and do you should you be winning state championship matches by that much that just kind of shows no. really were that that they didn't have any real tough matches during the season to have to 
really battle through. But with uh, again, I bring it up wrestling being an individual sport within a team concept. All these wrestlers face each other frequently, not just during the high school season. They face each other um, in in tournaments and and uh, all season long uh, invitationals and what they have to. And most of these wrestlers are familiar with each other. And when it's mano a mano, anybody can win, and that's kind of what it is. So that's why I look at it as just a little bit different than than a team sport like hockey or basketball, where you are depending on yourself um, and rather than what your teammates do. And but the collection of guys that Simley had is just unbelievable. But I, I but your your argument carries weight. Yeah, it's going to be a different match if you're if you're um, competing against three A teams consistently than if you're just well walking over two A teams. There's just no question about that. I agree with you. Um, as far as favorite moments, um, again, I guess I have to look at uh, um, you know the ends of the games, the the the, the emotions. Of kids coming through at the final and the, the, at the end of a game, uh, watching Wasika when Ryan Dufault hit that game-winning jumper for um, Wasika and beating Caledonia in the Class Two A championship game. Watching how excited those guys were on the bench during the whole game, and having been there when I was in high school, spent, spending a lot of time on a basketball bench, um, knowing how into it and how you're just as into it as the players on the, on the court. Um, sometimes it's even tougher because you don't have anything you can do about it. Um, but watching the re- excitement of uh, teams when they come out with that last second victory, same with Chaska beating, uh, beating Hopkins is pretty amazing. Um, you know, I wanted to bring up one more on a, underappreciated aspect. And that is uh, you didn't get the chance to see much of the hockey uh, on TV, but is there a better hockey announcer in the state of Minnesota than Jim Erickson? I can't find one. And I, and I, that goes at every level of hockey, including the wild. He's smooth. He's efficient. He's knowledgeable. He's got a perfect hockey voice. He doesn't get overexcited. Uh, he's, 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 I think the perfect voice we have in the state. And if you haven't appreciated Jim uh, Erickson, then you should. I think he's easily the best hockey voice we've got. I know, you know, Jim, and uh, he's also a, a super down to earth guy, just a, great guy to talk to it's uh i'm stumping for jim erickson here what do you think i, I have a confession to make uh <laughs> i i like jim i think he's i think he does a great job he's a class individual my dad hates him <laughs> and, and here's the thing i've never had the heart to tell that jim face to face and he, and here's a big reason why is because i said to my dad i said well what do you hate what's the problem I don't know. I just, uh, so he doesn't have a specific thing in mind. He just, something about Jim rubs him the wrong way. So Jim, if you're listening, I, I, I'll defend you. I, I don't know what exactly my dad's issue is, but it's probably more him than you. I, 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 I would have to say that I don't know your dad, but already I'm questioning his judgment, but I do know his son and, and that, and, uh, and I think <laughs> I've had that opinion for a long time. Uh, <laughs> anyway, um, I think my favorite moments, obviously, uh, and something that we don't talk very much, and then going back to wrestling, is, uh, and we'll wrap this up, I'll try to be brief. If, you've heard, if you have watched wrestling, if you haven't watched wrestling, you may not know about what bonus points are and how important bonus points can be in a close match. And that is, you know, in a, in a regular individual match, three points for a victory, uh, four points, team points for a major decision, five points for a technical fall, and six points for a pin. And if you save bonus points, you know, you get a, a regular decision when it was expected, you might get a major, someone might get a major decision against you or even pin you. Um, 
can make a difference between winning or losing. If you're only giving up three team points rather than five or six. And some of the best moments I see in wrestling are when these kids go out there and they're definitely overmatched on the mat in a team match. And all the coach and the teammates are hoping for is he, he doesn't get stuck. He doesn't get pinned. That, that he stays on his he stays on his feet, gives him a good match, and maybe loses 14 to 4 rather than, say, a, a, uh, a technical fall or a pin or something like that. He saves two team points. And the excitement of watching these kids, they came off. I got beat bad, but I didn't give up any extra bonus points. I saved points for the team. And I always, every one of those team, those team points counts in a close match. And I think some of the kids I see that are the most excited are the ones that have went out and did their job. They didn't win. Uh, they weren't even close to winning, but they just stayed up and gave the guy a battle and they didn't end up, you know, giving up points really easily. Those are always some of my favorite uh, moments watching these kids jump up. I didn't do anything great, but I saved, I saved points for the team. That's one of the most fun things I like to watch in, in the state tournament. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 uh you, you can you can't control the level of your opponent. You can only control your own effort and and to 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 put yourself out there to to keep your team competitive. There's there's dignity in that. So good for those young men. Well, I think I think that about sums it up. The state tournaments, winter state tournament season are over. We're already into spring sports. Um, no time to uh, actually take a breath. Although we are trying to take uh, a couple anyway. Um, so I appreciate everybody joining us, Dave. Um, thanks for giving me opinions. Um, believe me, you are far from the minor character in this uh, this podcast. You uh, definitely are, are much more well spoken than I. So I appreciate <laughs> that. And uh, you're you're willing to call me out when I say stupid things. So thanks for that. Well, that'd be a lot of interrupting then. <laughs> We'd never get anything done. <laughs> All right. Thanks for joining us. I'm sure we'll be talking spring sports uh, on Talking Preps down the road very soon.